Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. G'day everyone, Dylan from the News Fighters podcast here. And just a reminder, if you want our episodes ad-free and released early, as well as monthly bonus episodes, sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Or if you can't afford an ongoing monthly contribution to help me keep this show going, you can buy me a coffee or several at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. And don't forget to sign up for our free mailing list at newsfighters.com. Now, on with the show. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day, fighters. Welcome to the final episode of News Fighters for 2022. I'm your host, Dylan Bain, the Vladimir Zelensky of Wacky Clips. Now, as usual in the News Fighters Year in Review episode, I take a look back over the biggest news stories of the year here in Australia. So, let's get started with January. In South Australia, a massive clean-up is underway after a weekend of devastating rain. As Maribyrnong locals woke, they were in the grip of a flooding emergency. And then, in February... A dangerous weather emergency is unfolding in Queensland tonight. Once-in-a-century flooding disaster engulfing the regional city of Gympie. And then in March, tragedy struck. Thousands of people in northeastern New South Wales are home homeless tonight as Lismore suffers through its worst flood ever. Lismore is post-apocalyptic, a natural disaster on a scale never seen before. I'm advised it's a one in 500 year flood. As the state's north sees a once in a thousand years flood emergency. It's a one in 3,500 year event. When will the rain stop? And then in April... Sydney is in the grip of a third major flooding event this year. Sydney has now had more than a year's worth of rain and we are barely into the fourth month. The Nepean River rising by 13 metres in a day. Following on in May... South East Queensland is in the grip of another devastating flood crisis. The town of Laidley, an hour inland from Brisbane, hit hard for the third time this year. Hopefully it goes back down. 
Fingers crossed. And then maybe you remember what happened in June. Adelaide's been battered by a violent cold front. Creeks were overflowing, parklands turned into lakes as residents became trapped in their homes. You'd have to go back to 1920 to find a wetter first week of June. And who can forget July? Tonight, Sydney's flood emergency. Thousands told to leave as homes go under. Camden is underwater again. Locals here are devastated. They've seen this happen time and time again, but never as frequently as this in just a matter of months. And still, the rain keeps falling. And then what happened in August? Parts of Tasmania have recorded their wettest August day on record. The SES has responded to nearly 100 calls for help as heavy rain and strong winds battered southeast Tasmania. It's the third time Rosemary Coleman's property has flooded in 14 months. And how about September? Flooding is still hitting parts of western New South Wales. Gunnedah prepares for impact as water levels keep rising. With Gunnedah hit by a second major flood in a week. Okay, tell me when you see a pattern emerging here. This was October. Flood emergencies continue to grip three states this evening. Just minutes from the CBD, flooding hit Melbourne. I can't believe how much water there is. Flooding has forced this Ningen farmer to swap his tractor for a boat. We've got a boat in, boat out, uh, which is fun. Uh, I'll learn how to drive this boat one day. And finally in November, something different. Just kidding. Tonight, the flood emergency worsens. Forbes in the New South Wales Central West has been split into a series of islands as the Lachlan River reaches a height not seen in seven decades. The town facing its third flood in six weeks. We are now seeing flood upon flood upon flood. When will the extreme weather end? Now, not sure if you saw the pattern there, but I think it's fair to say it's been a bit of a wet year here in Australia this year. In fact, I think it's best summed up uh, actually by this woman who was on the Year in Review episode last year. I mean, it'd be great if it stopped raining would be the one thing. Yes, I think that's something we can all agree on. Anyways, all the floods have led to uh, food shortages, with one vegetable in particular becoming so scarce and expensive, it became a major election issue. Lettuce prices have soared to as much as $12 as shortages and rising costs start to bite. Largely due to Queensland's floods, where 80% of lettuce crops were wiped out. With lettuce so scarce and so expensive, KFC is now using cabbage on their burgers. A simple head of iceberg lettuce, $5. An iceberg lettuce, $5.50. How long are they going to be confronted with lettuce at $5? You can't necessarily change the price of a lettuce. Yes, in fact, if it had have got much worse, the Morrison government probably would have had to introduce Lettuce Keeper. But of course, only for permanent citizens with full-time jobs. Everybody else, you're on your own in the lettuce wars. Of course, the media couldn't help themselves. They kept making the exact same pun over and over. And experts warn this is just the tip of the iceberg. But lettuce is just the tip of the iceberg. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. Wow, looking back, I never would have guessed at the beginning of 2022 that the single biggest kitchen table issue for Australians would be the lettuce on the kitchen table. I don't know about you, but people I know, we were literally texting each other lettuce prices like we're in the middle of a global oil shock. Six fifty at Aldi today, get down there. Thankfully, though, lettuce prices did wind up dropping faster than the price of Bitcoin, and you no longer have to eat a KFC Zinger cabbage burger. Anyways, between the floods, the war in Ukraine and rising energy prices, inflation has hit a 32-year high in Australia, to the point where it's even impacting some of life's most important essentials. Australia's energy crisis has hit one of our favourite brands of chips, with the price of cheesels set to rise. A bag of chips will now be 40 cents more expensive. 
All right, Putin, you've crossed a red line now. We could all stand by while your illegal invasion only impacted the price of petrol and lettuce. But I'll be damned if we're going to stand back and do nothing while the price of chisels goes up 40 cents a packet. This human tragedy must stop now. Also speaking of never-ending disasters, 2022 was, of course, the year of an Australian federal election. But I have to say, not all voters were completely across the issues and candidates. I don't know. I don't know who the other man is that we might be voting for, apart from Scott Moe. Yes, not everyone uh, was completely across who Scott Morrison was, but those who did know who he was certainly loved giving him a piece of their mind on the campaign trail. In a Newcastle pub last night, the Prime Minister was abused by a disability pensioner. You've been a- Another woman seeking a selfie also made her feelings well known. Congratulations on being the worst Prime Minister ever had. And a screaming protester who confronted Scott Morrison at a pub in Western Sydney last night. You're a disgrace! Needless to say, after that, Morrison's media team started looking for photo ops where there was a slightly lower chance of him being accosted by drunken uni students and angry pensioners. And they settled on locations like this uh, Central Coast fishing shop, which turned out to be full of lots of great pun opportunities for the media. The Prime Minister fishing for votes. Today he's fishing for votes. Scott Morrison hoping to lure more Australians to vote for the coalition. In the New South Wales Central Coast, Mr Morrison hoping voters <laughs> take the bait. Winning over the public can require a bit of bait. Hoping voters would be taken hook, line and sinker by his announcement. By casting $20 million. Casting for the votes of weekend warriors. Although he wasn't keen to be on the hook for any questions on the pledge. Careful media, don't go over your pun catch limit. In terms of the election issues themselves, Morrison tried to play the pity card and make the last three years everyone else's fault, like in his campaign ad here. And things are tough. And they've been really tough. There's drought, there's floods, there's fire. Yes, and you were absent for all of it. Meanwhile, Anthony Albanese seemed to be imitating Joe Biden's election-winning strategy of looking old and forgetful. Anthony Albanese has fallen at the first hurdle today, unable to remember Australia's unemployment and interest rates. It's up to people to ask whatever questions they want. Um, Andrew. What's the national unemployment rate? National unemployment rate at the moment is... uh, I think it's Uh, 5.4, sorry, I'm not sure what it is. Anyways, believe it or not, come May 22nd, Albanese won. Well, actually, technically, it's more like a bunch of teal independents that won seats caused Morrison to lose, and Albanese just benefited from this. But this is the country of Stephen Bradbury, so we'll take any wins we can get. Needless to say, Sky News didn't react well to Labor's victory. The Albanese government will change this country in ways that you will find will be a terrible, terrible tragedy. Three disastrous and incompetent years of a Teals-led Labor government where Parliament obsesses over woke identity politics, climate and Indigenous issues as the economy grinds to a halt under their watch. Because it's so obvious where this is going, philosophically. It's moving ultimately to an official apartheid. Now we are faced with three years of hardcore left-wing government that will destroy the fabric of this nation. We will see our living standards crushed, our livelihoods damaged, our cultural institutions devastated, our kids' future prosperity decimated. Just see the insanity of it, and it just makes me so, so angry because this country is better than that. Normal channel you've got there, Mr Murdoch. If you're wondering why you never hear Sky News pundits speaking out against free health care, 
healthcare in this country. It's because they need all the free healthcare they can get just to cover all the embolisms they get whenever Labor wins an election. Alrighty, on to world news now, and of course it's been dominated by the unprovoked February attack by an unrelenting and intimidating aggressor. Hank the Tank, a 230-kilogram black bear who has broken into at least 28 properties over the last seven months in South Lake Tahoe. Nicknamed Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank. Breaking windows and doors looking for food. As a result, he's put on a fair bit of weight and he isn't easily startled by humans. Ah, where's the UN when you need them? Anyways, we have an update to this story. It turns out that all the Hank the Tank truthers were right. Hank has been unnecessarily stitched up by the lamestream mass media. All right, check this out. Do you remember Hank the Tank, that big bear right there? Well, DNA evidence has cleared him. Hank the Tank? is off the hook. Hank is not the culprit. Hank the Tank has gone from wanted to wrongly accused. DNA collected from the homes found Hank the Tank was not responsible for even half of the incidents that he's been blamed for. There were three other bears doing the same thing, but Hank was getting all the blame. Seriously, though, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia in February sent shockwaves through the global community. But thankfully... Our Australian leaders knew exactly how to react with dignified strength that showed Putin would be brought to justice. This is unprovoked, unwarranted, um, and as a result, there is there is no course that Russia can follow other than to just to step back and to ensure uh, that Russia steps back. Russia should step back. I call upon Russia to back off. We can't have them be able to go around and moving their money and going shopping at Harrods. They shouldn't be allowed to go and shop at Harrods or come down here to Australia or, you know, go and have a holiday up in North Queensland and do that sort of thing. Yes, and thankfully, with Scott Morrison's Harrods shopping ban announced, Putin immediately withdrew from all of Ukraine and Crimea. Good job, Scott Morrison. Also in world news, one of the biggest stories of the year has been the widespread protests in Iran that broke out after the death in custody of young woman Masa Amini. Going since September, these protests have been largely spearheaded by the women and girls of Iran standing up for women's rights. And women around the world have been showing their solidarity with one simple act. Female French stars like Juliette Binoche cutting their hair in a video posted on Instagram under the handle that translates to support for women of Iran. Even at the European Parliament in Strasbourg, during a debate on the protests in Iran, one member of Parliament took a scissors to her own hair and called for an end to violence against Iranian women. Yes, so if anyone asks, I'm not losing my hair. I'm just showing my solidarity with the women of Iran, guys. It's not falling out. I'm just showing solidarity. I'm here for you, Iranian women. Justice now. Also speaking of protests, we saw them break out this year in a very unlikely country. Growing resentment over China's strict COVID zero policy has led to violent protests in the southern city of Guangzhou. Videos posted online show angry crowds crashing through COVID barriers and overturning cars. Angry and frustrated crowds in China's financial capital, Shanghai, have looted shops and broken through street barriers after 22 days of strict COVID lockdown. Supermarkets are shut, restaurants closed, and people are getting desperate for food. Yes, and if the sight of food riots wasn't post-apocalyptic and dystopian enough, China did this. Drones fly between high-rises, warning residents to control their desires for freedom. In Shanghai, drones tell people to stay home. Control your soul's desire for freedom, it says. 
as more cities double down with restrictions. Robots patrol some streets, reminding people to wear masks. Yes, what a year. 2022, the year of both Russian kamikaze drones and Chinese loudspeaker drones telling people not to want freedom. Jeez, imagine if a time traveler from the past arrived today. You know the first question they'd ask would be like, have you got flying cars? And you'd have to answer, uh, not really. Now, never ask that question again. Anyways, COVID wasn't all sci-fi dystopian doom and gloom this year. It also had its lighter moments. Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce is stuck in the US after testing positive to COVID-19. The Deputy Prime Minister faces 10 days inside this five-star Washington DC hotel. Which will test his patients. George, just wait, please. Look, I don't wish COVID on anybody, but you have to admit it's pretty damn funny that Barnaby uh, skipped out of the country as soon as Parliament finished to try and grift in one last overseas junket before the election and he wound up being stuck in a hotel room for 10 days. Sucked in, Barnaby. Oh, no, hang on, wait. I'm about to go on an overseas holiday. Can I get the government to pay my hotel bill if I get stuck in a hotel for 10 days? Please? Anyways, moving on to those who are no longer with us. And, of course, 2022 will be remembered as the year we lost our queen. In breaking news this morning, Dame Olivia Newton-John has died at the age of 73. No, 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 not Olivia Newton-John, our, our, our elderly queen. Actress Angela Lansbury, star of Murder, She Wrote, has died, aged 96. No, 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 you know who I'm talking about. Australia's monarch died. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this very special breaking news edition of Weekend Sunrise. What a way to wake up as we go to where there's utter disbelief as Australians absorb that news that Shane Warne has died. No, not our king. You know, that person who changed the world for the better. Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, has died at the age of 91. Okay, look, getting closer, but of course I mean our unelected head of state. This is ABC News. We're interrupting our programs to inform you Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. Yes, that was the ABC here in Australia announcing the death of the Queen on the morning of September the 9th. And you could tell straight away that this was a momentous occasion that they'd been rehearsing and preparing for for years. And didn't it show? Over the past seven hours, we've been waiting for news and now it has come. We'll go live to Buckingham Palace and the ABC. Steve Canane. Steve, what is the feeling like there today? Very sombre here today when news spread that the Queen was not in a good condition and it was an unprecedented thing up to borrow the home royal family. Okay, we'll have to leave Steve Canane there, I'm afraid. For now, we'll join live coverage from our broadcast partner, the BBC. Yes, the death of the Queen was arguably one of the biggest historical events to happen in years or decades. And a lot of people out on the street just wanted to be part of this history, even if they didn't quite know how to react or have the right thing to say. Really excited, not excited, but really um, sad. We freaked out when we found out that the Queen died, honestly. We stopped on the corner and like screamed about it for five minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. She lived a pretty awesome life, didn't she? I thought she would have been still alive. I wonder how many corgis she said.
You have to celebrate these things because now hopefully uh, she has gone to heaven and she will, uh, she will uh, hopefully have a happy time. Well, here it's the middle of the night in, in London and yet we're still gathering here. Yeah. I actually, here? I came home after a work event and I turned on the TV and I saw you. And you wanted to be here as well. Yeah, I did, yeah. Five minute walk. So, in conclusion, 2022 has been a year of unrelenting floods, skyrocketing inflation, war in Europe, food shortages, notable deaths, and worst of all, accusatory fake media campaigns against innocent bears who were just hungry and wanted some food. After such a deluge this year, both literally and metaphorically, I'd like to think that finally we can look optimistically ahead towards next year. A fourth wave of COVID-19 is hitting the country and some hospitals are not coping. We are in the middle of a fresh wave of coronavirus. Okay, maybe not. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm world-renowned psychic and showbiz reporter Stephen Puzzer, and I'm here to sum up 2022 in showbiz and sports news. The biggest movie at the box office this year was Top Gun Maverick. Good morning, aviators. Yes, after COVID, audiences have rushed back to the movies to look at the amazing big-budget special effects on the big screen, like Tom Cruise's face, Tom Cruise's nose, and Tom Cruise's forehead. Wow, how did they do that? It must have cost millions. The biggest Australian movie this year was Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Some people want to put me in jail. The world's moving. Oscar rumors are already swirling around Tom Hanks winning the Academy Award for Best Silly Hat and Best Wacky Accent. We are two odd lonely children reaching for eternity. No, seriously, if you want to watch a burnt-out, bloated middle-aged man, you can just watch Newsfighters on YouTube. The third and fourth biggest movies this year were Jurassic World, Dominion, and Minions, The Rise of Gru. Hey, 
Hopefully next year they combine the two sequels into one movie called Minions Dominions where you get to see those annoying minions get eaten alive by a T-Rex. In reality TV news, one of the most hyped new shows this year was Real Love Boat Australia, where Australia's most eligible singles embark on a romantic voyage of a lifetime. Welcome to the Real Love Boat. No one ever said true love would be easy. It wasn't very true to life. If it was realistic, then 800 contestants would have all got COVID on board. The show was such a flop that due to budget cuts next season, would just be one guy secretly filming couples having arguments on the manly ferry on his iPhone. Also in movie and TV news, Velma from Scooby-Doo finally came out as a lesbian, which means Fred Flintstone's wife Wilma, Porky Pig and the Coyote from The Roadrunner are the only remaining closet gay cartoon characters. In music news, one of the biggest song revivals of the year was Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, after it was featured in the Netflix show Stranger Things. Topping the charts in eight countries, it was Kate Bush's biggest success in years and immediately made her run up the hill to cash givers to get her TV back. In other music news, the biggest selling album of the year was Midnight's by Taylor Swift, which became the fastest selling vinyl album of all time. Take that Bob Marley's legend, who's the legend now? She also set a record occupying all top 10 spots on the Billboard Hottest 100. Wow, Shaw makes Crazy Frog wish he had 10 songs, including his love song he recorded with a triplet with Kermit and Miss Piggy. A freeway love song. In other music news, does anyone have Dua Lipa's phone number? Now onto sports news. In tennis news, Nick Kyrgios made it to the finals of Wimbledon. An amazing feat when you consider how annoying he is. Also this year was the Winter Olympics in Beijing, making Beijing the first city to host both the Winter and Summer Olympics. Maybe 50 years from now, with global warming, they'll also get to host the Underwater Olympics. Australia won four medals at the Winter Olympics, an amazing effort considering drunken snowball fights and burying your drunk mate in the snow were not Olympic events this year. Also in sports news, the Saudi Arabia-backed Live Golf Tournament took off scooping up golf superstars off the PGA Tour due to its huge prize money. The winner of next year's Adelaide Live Golf Tournament will get $6 million, while the loser will probably just get thrown into a wood chipper machine or attacked with bone saws. Also in sports news, kind of, a chess champion was accused of cheating in tournaments and rumour is he was communicating with someone from the outside by remote control anal beads which has now given you the perfect excuse if you ever get caught on the airport scanner with something up your butt. Just on the way to a chess tournament, Mr. Border Force. Anyway, that's all from me this year, that is 2022. Here's to a great 2023, and I'll see you at the movies with a mask on, hiding in the corner, shivering with a mask on. Alrighty, that's News Fighters for today, the last episode for 2022. Hope you've had a productive and healthy year, and thank you for listening and everyone's support 
throughout the year. Uh, if you want to keep in touch, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NewsFightersPod or email me, Dylan at NewsFighters.com. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter. I've been posting a bunch of the funniest news clips of the year. There's a whole daily video going up so jump on there to check those out and uh during january i'll be posting weekly repeat episodes of some of the best episodes of news fighters uh from throughout the last year and before and for news on what's happening on news fighters in 2023 listen to those repeat episodes i'll be telling you what's happening and join our newsletter at newsfighters.com. Don't forget, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. Or if you want to listen to our massive uh, backlog, back catalog of bonus episodes, including uh, this month's bonus episode, which is all uh, unreleased pilots, then jump on our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Thanks for a great year, everyone. It's been absolutely massive. Have a great Christmas and New Year's, and we'll see you next year. Keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. I mean, it'd be great if it stopped raining would be the one thing. G'day everyone, Dylan from the News Fighters podcast here. Now it's getting to be that time of the year where we look back and reflect and decide to give money to the podcast we like to listen to. So how about you give me money at patreon.com slash newsfighters to say thanks for a great show, I really enjoyed it this year, keep making it. Once again, patreon.com slash newsfighters. Thanks again, goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.